Hello and welcome to the Healthcare Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk, and today we're talking about the role of pharmacists and interdisciplinary care teams with Adrian Bridges, founder and owner of Excel Consultant Pharmacist Services, a Houston-based healthcare consulting group that aims to reduce medication errors for patients with better oversight. Adrian, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Shelby. So I understand you founded Excel Consultant Pharmacist Services after a loved one of yours uh, died to a medication-related problem. Um, will you tell me what happened with your loved one and how that all came about? Yes, uh, this particular loved one was actually an elder orphan. So she was over 65 without a spouse or adult children. And I stepped in to help with her medical needs and she had surgery. She was discharged from the hospital. She went into a skilled nursing facility and her medications had not been reconciled properly. And so she was discharged without a blood thinner and without a diuretic, which were both necessary due to her medical conditions. And uh, it took a couple of days before they added the, the blood thinner back to her therapy, but they never added the diuretic back. And so uh, consequently, she went into fluid overload and ultimately she passed away from that. I knew that something needed to be done, but I wasn't quite sure what. But after walking through that process with her and her death, I knew that it was time to start my own uh, company to help better serve uh, senior patients in these types of transitions of care. You mentioned a term that I don't think a whole lot of people are familiar with, and that's um, an elder orphan. What do you mean by that? And were you unfamiliar with that term before? Actually, I had no idea there was such a thing until I stepped in to help this loved one. But an elder orphan is just that, someone who is over 65 without a spouse or adult children. And at the time, the statistics were 13% of baby boomers uh, are elder orphans. And that number is significant because uh, the healthcare infrastructure really isn't in place or social services either. They're not really in place to aid these seniors as they continue to age with their mounting medical needs, medical and social needs. So we often hear that loved ones, uh, our family members are the very best advocates for, for people that are in the hospital because they're the ones that um, can talk to the doctors, can talk to the nurses, can try to decipher all of the information that's coming at them um, much better than the patient themselves by themselves. So this term, the, the elder orphan, are incidents of that growing? And, and how, you know, how do programs like what you're doing at Excel Consultant Pharmacist Services help aid some of those people that are the most vulnerable in the industry? Well, uh, that, that's a multifaceted uh, question. Uh, there, there are many layers to an answer to that. Um, the, the first thing is just education. And so what I'm trying to do with, with my company is do it in phases. The first thing that I'm trying to do is make sure that family members, loved ones, and seniors are just aware of some of the services that they are entitled to and that are potentially available. And so to just start a dialogue, the next step to that is to actually um, create partnerships and relationships with uh, physicians' offices, with senior care groups, so that we can develop an interdisciplinary model that will best serve all of the, the clients or the potential patients. 
And so there, there are many different components to what would make that successful. But I think the first step is really just education. And, and unfortunately, what you said is true. A lot of times that, that caregiver, that family member, they really are a source of information to the healthcare professionals. And um, for my loved one's case, when she went into the hospital, I could regurgitate her medical history off the top of my head and her drug list. And so that was invaluable to her and to her care. But unfortunately, there's so many people that just don't have that direct access. And so that's one of the things that I'm working very hard to do is to, one, educate people and then find ways to bridge the gap so that people have direct access to the clinical care and the questions that they need. There are, unfortunately, some barriers to uh, providing those services, but uh, I'm fully persuaded there's a better way to do it. What are some of those barriers that you're talking about? The, the main barrier really is just um, billing. Um, whenever you are, right now, pharmacists are not considered a, uh, they are not recognized providers for Medicare. And so that, that creates a scenario, especially in the state of Texas, where in order to provide some of these services, there has to be a direct partnership with a physician, with a clinic or a learning institution to develop a space of collaborative practice agreements so that um, those institutions or those prescribers could bill on the pharmacist's behalf. The part that makes that somewhat tricky is, so for my, for my case, I have the ability to provide medication therapy management services and bill Medicare for patients who are in facilities that I'm contracted to. But because I can bill to Medicare, I can then not offer these services at different rates for people where I'm unable to bill um, because it, it could open a door to fraudulent claims. So you have to have, there's no, there's no way to discount it or to uh, prorate services. And so it, it creates a barrier because um, as a, an independent consultant pharmacist company and group, we don't have the ability to directly bill different carriers for all of the different patients that we sometimes come across. And unfortunately, that means a lot of people don't get these services because they're directed to either their, their carrier or their local pharmacy, which oftentimes do not have, the, the pharmacies don't always have the workflow or the infrastructure to meet the need at the level that it's required. And so you have a lot of patients that don't, they don't know that they're uh, eligible for these services, right. and then they don't have direct access to it. There's a couple of things that I want to come back to that about uh, pharmacists working at the retail level and then Medicare, but I want to take a step back and uh, really explain how Excel Consultant Pharmacist Services work, like from how does that work from top down for, uh, for somebody that's enrolled with this service? So my, my services primarily, I'm contracted to skilled nursing facilities or assisted living facilities. And so Centers of Medicare Services require that um, participating facilities contract a consultant pharmacist that comes in once a month and does a clinical and regulatory review of all pharmacy services in that facility. So um, make sure that administration, storage, destruction, ordering procedures, availability of medications are compliant. And then we also have to review all of the medication, uh, all of the patient charts to make sure that the therapy is safe and it's appropriate. And so that is the primary uh, function that I do now. What I am branching out to do is, as I mentioned, is to partner with physicians, offices, home health care agencies to create that interdisciplinary team outside of a skilled nursing 
setting because that that from where I stand is part of the barrier. There, there are things in place, there's infrastructure in place to make sure people in skilled nursing facilities have access to these services, but there's not really anything in place to ensure that those people who are aging in place have the same uh, access. And so those partnerships with doctors, um, I, I'm in conversations with one geriatric uh, clinic in, in the greater Houston area that serves, they service a lot of senior patients to uh, embed a pharmacist into the services there at that clinic for all of their patients. And so um, as we move forward, the goal is to expand those services so that you can help people in facilities and those who are aging in place at home. Um, lastly is the, the direct services to patients. Unfortunately, those direct services right now, because of those uh, Medicare billing barriers, are self-pay services. So the, the services that you're providing, um, how big an industry is that specific niche? I mean, uh, what other other companies are, are doing this? Or is this still a pretty small, not well-known aspect that's available? Well, the consulting pharmacy uh, services, this is something that's been around for uh, several years. Um, what I can say is the last uh, major revisions to the requirements happened within a year or two or so. And um, so everything is changing. And so there were so many changes. I've had people who've been in this business for you know almost two decades who've said they've never seen this many changes come down in one time. And so just based on uh, their response to that, I feel like even if, it, if, if they've been around for a while, it's new for everyone because the requirements are changing so quickly and there's so many of them. Um, and for that reason, it makes it ever evolving. And so um, the businesses that are here, the ones who may have those direct contracts with uh, facilities as I do, um, we all are faced with uh, the task of finding new ways to make sure that we are providing quality services to, to all senior patients. With the increasing, so like Texas, I, I believe, was in terms of the growth rate of the senior population, I believe it was around third in the, the nation at the time. And so when you look at the demographics, uh, healthcare, pharmacists, payers, Medicare, there's a huge incentive to figure out a better way to do it because the, the numbers are growing uh, exponentially. And that's an interesting point you make about that uh, people that have been in this business for for. 20 years have never seen this many changes come down, uh, which I guess is sort of indicative of a service that's much needed and is, um, is getting a lot of attention, uh, good attention. So going back to what you're saying before about Medicare, explain how it works with Medicare, because I don't think a whole lot of people understand that uh, it's actually covered under Medicare benefits. So Medicare Part D, the prescription drug coverage portion of Medicare, requires that all of the carriers or the payers that provide Medicare Part D services include or build into their benefit structure medication therapy management services. And so that is a term that embodies a lot of activities, but the goal is to make sure that patients understand their medications and that they are able in conjunction with a, a healthcare professional such as a pharmacist to better manage the, their, their disease states and their medications. So there's an education component, there's a clinical review 
there are several different components. And so those services can be boiled down into things like a complete medication regimen review. And I encourage everyone, if you don't do any of these activities, to at least do that complete medication regimen review. It is a one-on-one -on -one consultation with the pharmacist where they go over all of your active prescriptions, drug interactions, uh, appropriate ways to use the medication, special instructions on certain types of medications, uh, side effects, adverse effects to look for. And they also um, identify in those consultations, what are some concerns specific to the patient? Are they taking their medication as they should? Is it because they're having side effects? Is it because it costs too much? So they can identify some of the patient barriers to just being uh, compliant or taking the medication. And then they send off recommendations to, to the prescriber so that they can optimize therapy. But um, these services are covered by Medicare Part D for eligible participants. And so each carrier can determine their own criteria, but that criteria is going to be based on uh, the diagnosis, the number of prescriptions filled, and then the dollar amount spent annually on medications. And so that being said, m most people over 65 would qualify in one way or another. If you meet that carrier's qualifications, they automatically enroll you into the service. So what I often find is many people are already enrolled and they don't even know that they're enrolled. Um, and so they, they don't uh, have the benefit of in engaging in these, these services. You mentioned a good tip that's actually for consumers overall, that doing a comprehensive medication review, it seems like doctors nowadays have shorter and shorter times with their patients. And so a patient being able to ask um, in-depth questions about their medications kind of seems like a, a rarity nowadays. So, so you're saying that when you've got coverage like this, you're able to request one of those comprehensive medication reviews. Uh, but is that something that, um, that just individuals um, aging in place, uh, maybe that are self-pay, uh, can they do that as well with their pharmacist? If you have a, a senior who is aging in place and they do not meet their carrier's criteria for a medication uh, therapy management services, that is something they could request on a, on a cash pay basis. But I encourage everyone to check the eligibility first, because as I said, most people do qualify. So in terms of the criteria, like with diagnosis, pretty much all of the carriers, if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all of those chronic diseases, uh, congestive heart failure, those disease states usually are included as someone who would qualify for a complete medication regimen review. If you take more than eight prescriptions a day, you would qualify for a complete medication review. So um, first, I would, I would verify eligibility, and that's something you could do with your local pharmacist if they offer medication therapy management at the pharmacy, and most do in today's culture, um, or directly with the, the carrier. But if you are not eligible to receive that through Medicare Part D, you could absolutely schedule to, to receive these services on a self-pay basis. And then finally, getting back to uh, the point about pharmacists and retail chains, it seems like so many uh, pharmacists are working very long hours and processing a lot of prescriptions on a given day. And moving that fast can leave room for errors there. So 
my question is that how does something like this, a, um, a third party, how does that provide better service for, uh, for customers of retail pharmacy chains and for the pharmacists themselves that are really just trying to do their best to, to serve as many patients as possible? Oh, um, I can answer this question from the um, place where I actually worked in retail for eight years, <laughs> and then I moved into a, a backstage uh, corporate corporate clinical position where we provided these services remotely. And so um, there are ways that retail chains can incorporate medication therapy management services into workflow, but I do believe it requires some ingenuity and to do it and to do it at the level that would meet the actual clinical need. I think there is a huge added value and there's a huge opportunity to partner with, um, with patients and with prescribers. I think that, the, again, the first step is really to just educate patients and even sometimes the providers of the advantages of having these services in place. Because once when I go around and I hold these informational sessions with seniors and family members and uh, senior centers, and I explain what they are. When I leave, I'm inundated with questions from care professionals and from loved ones who want to know, like, how, how do we do this? How can we do this? Because once people understand the value of it, they typically won't refuse the service. But it definitely adds value because at, at the bottom line, is there are two things that having an interdisciplinary team in place that includes a clinical pharmacist, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to improve care to the patient. And two, you're going to lower their overall cost of care because when you have unnecessary medications, there's an unnecessary cost just of the prescription itself, but then all of the subsequent problems that come from taking unnecessary medication. So sometimes a lot of these medications are causing other problems that are then uh, identified as a new diagnosis and more medication is piled on and it, it puts the patient at risk for complications that are avoidable. And a clinical consultant pharmacist engaged in that care process can help identify those things and re reduce the activity and improve care and reduce costs. Great information. Adrian. thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And thanks to you listeners for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries, subscribe to articles, podcasts, and creative video. Until next time, I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk.